It is Wednesday, November 23rd. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. The college football playoff picture getting a little clearer. And a major upset in that soccer thingy. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Top four in the college football playoff conversation remain unchanged. A historic upset at the World Cup. Saudi Arabia defeats Leo Messi and Argentina. And Ben Simmons returns to Philly. And expected louder boos. What is the Vegas lead? We'll start with the college football playoff rankings, which has become our little tradition here on Wednesday mornings as we recap to last night's latest unveiling of the rankings. No change in the top four as we have four undefeated teams, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU. That will change this weekend when Ohio State and Michigan play each other. LSU is up to number five, though, AJ, ahead of USC at number six. What did you make of the committee's decision to have LSU at five and the Trojans at six? I think it positioned them for something that you've said is is going to be true that I disagreed with, that LSU, if they win the SEC, is a lock to get in. Ohio State, Michigan, the loser of that game, is probably going to be out of the conversation altogether, which I don't know if it's fair, uh, it, but... Fair doesn't matter much here. The problem becomes if you know if, if they do get in as a two-loss team, how how are they seated? How are like what's what's the next thing here? And d- does it open the door for two-loss teams going forward? It's the first time it's ever happened. I don't know if I agree with them being above USC, but they are. So what it what it to me what it assures is LSU's in if they win the SEC. I used to work with Stephen A. Smith, and and shout out Stephen A. If you ever listen to this podcast, Mission Brother, he used to tell me all the time, fair is a place where they award pigs. There you go. (laughs) So whenever people say, that's not fair, it's not fair. Well, fair is just a place where they award pigs. Uh, Yeah, LSU, you're right. Positioning them at number five is the committee's way of protecting themselves and saying, we believe the SEC champion is in the college football playoff, even if. That team has two losses. So you can't say if LSU was at six or seven and they beat Georgia, well, now we're elevating them past all of these teams. No, they're clearly telling you they're the first team out. If this was, you know, to to do a March Madness uh, analogy, they're the first one out. (laughs) And so LSU with a win over Georgia in the SEC championship game will move from probably number four next week to Stay in the rankings. See, that's going to be the interesting part about this. What's the rankings look like next week prior to the championship game? Because Ohio State-Michigan loser is going to drop out of the top four. So is the top four, assuming everybody else wins, Georgia one, Ohio, let's go Ohio State over Michigan. Ohio okay. State two, is it TCU three, LSU four, and then USC five, Michigan six? Is that what it looks like? Maybe, but at that point, it doesn't matter because in Georgia plays LSU and That's somebody goes home. So, but, or, they, they but tend no, to, they, somebody wouldn't go home. You see, this is uh, honestly, 
I love the committee. This if is, Georgia this beats is, LSU, they go this home. Is, yes, and it this is matter. the smartest thing they've yeah. ever done. You know what? There's a reason why these people have these jobs. They do the, this all the time. Think about this. By, by putting LSU at five this week, it ensures that with a win in their final game against Texas A&M, that LSU moves up to four. And what that ensures is that if they beat Georgia, there will not be a rematch in the national semifinal. Yeah. Because the only way that it'll be a rematch is if it's a, a one and four or two and three. If they're lined up at one and four before the game and LSU wins, like everything could flip flop and there'll be a situation where they won't be two three. They won't match up together against each other. I don't think the committee would do that. If anything, they would drop Georgia down to four and LSU would be three. And you would have undefeated teams at one and two. Do you understand? They would have Ohio State number one undefeated, TCU undefeated at number two, and then Georgia, LSU, three and four, so that they don't play each other in the the semifinal because they wouldn't want to rematch two weeks in a row. Or not two weeks in a row. You know what I'm saying? They would set it up where Ohio State was one, LSU was four, Georgia was three, TCU's two, because – the goal for them is going to get to be to get the one-two matchup Correct. really, and in their minds, the one-two matchup Georgia, is Georgia Ohio, Ohio State, State yes. and that gives them a path to it. Now, is there a path for USC? Sure, and uh, uh, it's not a now, it's not a path that uh, doesn't require some help. Does it only require a Georgia win over LSU? If Georgia beats LSU, is USC in? Assuming they win out, yeah, 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 yes. They are. Then they're in. They're, they're num- in. Are they number four? They are. So then you go Georgia, Ohio State, TCU, and USC. Yeah. And is it – now here we go back to the fair thing. You look at Clemson's resume, it's not very different from USC's. You look at their strength of schedule, they're about the same. Well, the, USC the, has been helped now because Notre Dame's up to 15 in the rankings. So USC went over Notre Dame. Now USC beats the team that beat Clemson? Yeah. Makes them look better. That does make them look a lot better. And Clemson's one loss was a blowout loss to Notre Dame. USC's one loss was by one point. On a two-point conversion on the final play. (laughs) But but Clemson's resume is very, very similar to USC's. Their strength of schedule, their strength of win, all very similar to USC's. And Clemson's a team who's played better. It felt like eventually disaster was going to strike with Clemson, and Mm -hmm. it finally did. And it looked like it woke them up. And like Clemson looks like, offensively even, they look pretty good all of a sudden. I, I wish, and maybe this is one of the, the few times where I'm like, man, maybe they do need a 12-team playoff because I'd love to see USC play Clemson. Clemson's defense against USC's offense and Clemson's offense against USC's terrible defense. Like, right, well, I think it'd be an interesting this? game. Let's, let's play disaster scenario. Okay? Disaster scenario. LSU loses to Texas A&M, or actually it doesn't matter. LSU doesn't beat Georgia. So Georgia's in. Okay. No disaster there. Ohio State-Michigan winner loses the Big Ten championship Now there's game. a disaster. Now there's disaster. Because they're still going to get in. Okay. Uh, a Big Ten team will still get in. Now let's keep going. TCU doesn't win the Big 12. Doesn't bother anyone. They're, they're not in. They're gone. If, if the Big US, 12 winner has okay, one loss, I, I, they're dead. I, I'm still going here. Okay. USC suffers a loss. Okay. Does, maybe they don't win the Pac-12. Maybe they lose to Notre Dame, but then win the Pac-12, whatever. Okay. 
where are we finding four teams? It's going to be Georgia. It's going to be maybe the Michigan-Ohio State loser. It would be. That doesn't play and lose to Iowa. Yeah. It's, and it would be the team that lost to Iowa. It'd be two Big Ten teams at that point. Or your Clemson Tigers. And you know who's sitting at number seven right now? <laughs> I don't think that's the pop- Alabama <laughs> Crimson Tide. Yeah, I don't think Alabama can, can do it. Finish the year ten and two. But think about it though. Alabama's at number seven, and if they they're going to beat Auburn, they'll be ten and two. And if USC suffers a loss, LSU suffers another loss. TCU suffers a loss, and the a Big Ten team suffers a second loss, is it out of the realm of possibility that Alabama moves up just three spots to get to number four? <laughs> I think it is, but crazier things have happened. I mean, it would be the wildest last that week point, of the year. You, at that point, you'd think that Clemson leapfrogs Alabama. Clemson would leap. you got well, them in. Because you got to remember, Clemson would at that point be playing yeah. a top 25 team. Correct. Yeah. And beating them while Alabama was sitting at home on their couch. You know, every year. I The, prob- the real problem comes in your scenario is what happens if North Carolina beats Clemson? <laughs> now you're really like, oh, geez. Every year I root for chaos and every and like it doesn't happen. Like, you know, everything's going to play out as cleanly as possible. But you know what? We're going to have three undefeated teams. And we're going to have a one-loss Pac-12 champion. It's going to be as clean as possible. I think what happens in that scenario, though, is now I think a one-loss TCU would get in over a two-loss Alabama. Now, do I think that that's right? Not, no, not really. I don't, think that, I don't think that would happen. I think it would. Now. Depends who they lose to. I was going to say, if they lose to Iowa State. This week, yeah. Then probably not. Yeah. But again, like you say, it's always important to to recency bias is most mm-hmm. important. So if they if they lose to Iowa State and then they beat the the brakes off of Kansas, Kansas State, State, yeah, they're back in that discussion. I, I don't know. It's pretty wild though. What I do know is George is going to make the playoff. I, I, I'm very very you know I'm 100 percent certain the winner of Ohio State Michigan makes the playoffs because whatever happens against Iowa doesn't matter. Everything else, I think there, there's still games to be played, lots to be decided. And so here, it starts with this weekend, and it starts with, obviously, the Ohio State-Michigan game at the top of that list. But I think the the Notre Dame-USC game is huge. Mm-hmm. Clemson-South Carolina suddenly looks like it's a, a, a game to be yeah, watched. Yeah, all, all these games are big. Yeah. Uh, here's an interesting number. Uh, odds to make the playoffs. USC is plus 155 to make the college football playoff. Okay. That would, in, that would mean... A win, they would have to win the next two games. So a win over Notre Dame and then a win in the Pac-12 championship game against likely Oregon, could be Utah. We don't know how if Oregon gets upset by Oregon State. But a you, rollover probably be better for you. That's what I'm thinking because right now USC is minus 220 or so against Notre Dame. And now you got to figure USC becomes a small favorite against Oregon. Yeah, in the conference championship game, and now you're taking your you turn your original hundred dollars into what 140, and then you, you roll it over. Yeah, it's certainly the. Uh, it's better than getting plus 155. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, I mean it almost always is, but only because of the fact that you're you're laying the juice on these two games for USC. That's the only reason why I would consider like what the math is. So if we just look at USC minus 210. All right, so a hundred dollar wager, you pay out 147. So then you take your 147, and let's say they're a two-point favorite or something like that. 
So 147 at minus 130 odds, you're you're at 260, which is better than your 155. So yeah, you're right. Roll it over. Georgia minus 20,000. Oh, so let's figure would out you, that math. Would you consider? So, uh, <laughs> no, we don't need to do that. I always think about God. Who are these assholes who go down and say, "I'm betting hundred thousand dollars on this giant favorite to win," but I do feel like you could bet twenty thousand dollars on on uh, Georgia to win and feel good about the hundred dollars you take home for that. <laughs> that's like that's your way of just getting all of your casino points, like your players' reward yes. points. Yes. So you walk into you walk into circa, or it's a good way of laundering money. You walk into Circa, you say, here's, <laughs> here's, one stone, baby. here's $20,000 for Georgia to make the playoff and give me my $100 in two weeks and uh, thanks for my 20,000 star points at Club One or whatever That's it's called. That's a good idea. Yeah, good idea. So if you're looking to uh, to, to become a Seven Stars member. Uh, yeah. Or a drug dealer. Or, yeah, or you are a drug – or maybe you're a drug dealer who would love Seven Star status. <laughs> now I've got a deal for you here. Uh, but I do think that the again every week it clears up a little bit more. Like I said, I think Tennessee's moved themselves out of the conversation now, um, and and we're we're really this week those three games that I mentioned will seal the fate for a couple teams. I, it could seal the fate for Clemson. Uh, would certainly seal the fate for uh, for any of these teams who lose. Although again, I'm still not totally sold that the Ohio State-Michigan loser, particularly if it's a close game, is just totally wiped out of this conversation. If I, I'm going to give you the odds on the teams right now to win the national championship, who would you place your money on right now? Georgia minus 140, Ohio State plus 230, Michigan 10 to 1, TCU 18 to 1, Clemson 22 to 1, USC 25 to 1, LSU 35 to 1, and Oregon 100 to 1. Is this like a free play? This is must bet. Got to bet one. Got to bet one. It's so lame, but the answer is Georgia. Minus 140. Yeah, Georgia's going to win the national championship. Uh, By the way, I have Georgia plus 100. You have the field on one of our green button bets. When did we make that bet? I don't know. When was that? McKenzie just popped it up on my screen. When did we do this? Maybe three weeks ago. I need receipts. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm not surprised. I remember you took even. I figured it was against Scott. It was against something. Maybe it was against me. Gosh, yeah, I think it was against me, actually. Never I should mind. have gotten more than one team, though, at that point. I feel, I feel like a dope No, because Georgia's got, minus 140. Yeah, value, man. Yeah, but this was three weeks ago. There were more teams in the discussion yeah, three weeks ago. Yeah, I guess you're right. So, uh, yeah, I do have some CLV, but I'm not particularly in love with that CLV. I think if I had to make one bet, I would go with, ooh, it's ugly. Give me 25 to 1 on USC. Listen, teams with defense that bad just don't win. Sure, like they don't win in these playoff scenarios. It but hasn't just happened if you're, yet. If you're forcing me to place one bet, I'm going to take tw- I'm going to take a 25 to one shot on a team that I think is getting into the playoff. Whereas I don't know about TCU, I don't know about Michigan, and Ohio State at plus two thirty is not juicy enough. Want to throw one more thing out there while we're looking at it? As there, because of the uh, the rankings that came out to, uh, yesterday. Want to give you what a twelve-team playoff would look like right now? For I thought you were going to say a twelve-team parlay would look like, and no. you know, I was about to say what, the, what kind of show is this? The first-round games this week would be Tulane at Michigan, <laughs> Penn State at LSU, Tennessee at Alabama, which is kind of sad now given the uh, the circumstances. 
This one is actually pretty good, though. Oregon at Clemson would be the 8-9 matchup. Duxman. And then the Oregon-Clemson winner would play Georgia. Tennessee-Bama winner would play Ohio State. Ooh. Ooh. Bama-Ohio State, interesting. Penn State-LSU winner would play TCU. And Tulane-Michigan winner would play USC. Tulane-Michigan winner will play yeah. USC? Okay. So I got Penn State advancing in that group right there. Over L- oh, over LSU and then beating TCU? Yes. Okay. And now play it out for me. What do we got? Um, so, well, you, you got Oregon-Clemson against Georgia. You take Georgia? I take Georgia, yes. And you take Ohio State over Bama-Tennessee winner? We'll take Alabama. Okay. So now we've got Georgia, Bama, Penn State, and the USC versus Michigan Tulane winner. USC. Okay. So that would leave us with Georgia, USC, Georgia versus USC, and Penn State against Alabama. Georgia, Alabama national championship game. <laughs> and here's why we've never needed a 12th. <laughs> I could have picked Georgia, Alabama, one, two at the beginning of the season and said, let's just start the season with the national championship. And hit right there, we're right back to it, Scott. Right back to it. I so, got my final for next year picked out already. Yeah. Uh, is it Georgia, Alabama? Yes, sir. What about the year after? I think it's going to be Georgia, Alabama you know on what? this one. You're playing it safe, but I like it. You're playing <laughs> until, it safe. Until but Saban I like retires it. and Kirby Smart takes the Alabama job, we're going to continue to go Alabama, Georgia. So there you go. Another fun, uh, fun week of college football to look ahead to, uh, and you know some some real drama. Like I said, with some of these games where the Pac-12 could be eliminated this yep. week, the ACC could be eliminated this week. Uh, so lots, and lots. Remember, to come. we got games. You know, we got the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving night, which we'll preview on tomorrow's episode. And then we have games on Friday, a big slate of games on Friday. It's the best time of the year for college football here, right at Thanksgiving weekend. We had the biggest upset in World Cup history yesterday. What? The third-ranked team in the world, Argentina, led by Leo Messi, lost to Saudi Arabia. Led by who? Saudi Arabians. <laughs> two, King Solomon. 2-1. Saudi Arabia was plus 2,200 to win this match. Uh, and you look at some of the other, like, you know, major upsets in the, in the history of the World Cup. You go back to uh, in 1990, Cameroon with a 1-0 victory over. Argentina. I remember that. How about that. Oh. Uh, Senegal. These guys are chokers. Senegal with a 1 0 win over fr- uh, uh, France. That was in uh, South Korea, Japan in 2002. And 1950 USA, England, of course. Yes. In Brazil, of course. In Brazil. Uh, 1982, Algeria beat West Germany 2 1. And these are the biggest upsets. None of them were bigger than Saudi Arabia beating Argentina 2 1 yesterday. I don't know who saw it coming. I'm sure people have their tickets posted online. But now Saudi Arabia leads Group C with three points. Mackenzie, what's the odds now on Argentina to win that group? Because they were astronomical favorites before the match. Yes, and they're still favored. They're plus 150, so they're underdog versus the field. Poland and Mexico both about 3-1. to one. Well, Poland well, and Mexico remember, each have one point each after the draw. I don't know if you remember this, but I took I took Mexico to win that that. Pod. How could we forget? Yeah. Of course. Yeah, it was a big balls play. I and think now I'm looking good. I'm looking I'm looking real strong, I think. So plus 150 for Argentina. So let's say they beat Poland and Mexico. They come away with six points. Is six points McKenzie enough to win this group? 
Yes, probably because USA, I mean, Poland and Mexico drew, so they're only going to have one. Let's say they get a three versus Iran, they get four. So usually that's going to be the number to beat. If, I, if they can get two victories, they're going to cruise to victory. So Argentina plus 150 to win the group would be a bet you'd make right now. If you expect them to win both games, I, would I did ex- not like what I, I saw. I, I would expect a bounce back, though. I think they would have to bounce back in a big way. Uh, other results from yesterday, uh, Denmark and Tunisia drew nil-nil. Mexico, Poland, as we mentioned, nil-nil. And France, the favorites to win it all with a 4-1 victory over Australia. So uh, they got their World Cup even without their best player or second best player in uh, Karim Benzema. Uh, they were able to get a victory. Uh, Mackenzie saying Brazil is the favorite. Yes. So how close are they to France? Plus 350. I've seen France 5-6-1. to one. Okay. And Karim Benzema, by the way, probably their second best player. No one would argue. Just a few months ago, one world player of the year, yeah. the Ballon d'Or. So it's a pretty good second second option right there. Did you know about the Ballon d'Or? I, well, no one would argue. He, I mean, McKenzie mentioned he's their second best player. No one would argue. I'm certainly not going to be the one that argues. <laughs> the, the, the not Bolo- many. Someone might. <laughs> Do you know what it stands for? The Bologna Award? <laughs> I, I know, yeah. I have no idea. Uh, the Golden Bologna. The Golden <laughs> Bologna. <laughs> man. That sounds like a porn award. Here's, here's what we got coming up. On today's schedule, uh, by the time you're listening to this podcast, this match might be over. Croatia and Morocco. Uh, Croatia plus 115, Morocco plus 275, the draw plus 230. Germany and Japan. Germany minus 235, Japan plus 600, the draw plus 390. Spain, Costa Rica. Spain minus 575, Costa Rica plus 1700. And the draw plus 650. And Belgium takes on Canada. Your Belgium team, Mm -hmm. AJ. Belgium minus 195. The Canadiens plus 550 with the draw at plus 340. You laying the juice on Belgium? Uh, Sure. Uh, Got a Belgium, Spain, Germany parlay plus 150. You didn't learn your lesson on these parlays today? No, I did the Argentina one and they lost. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You were like, this was this was Scott yesterday morning before the show. There's no way Argentina can lose. It's literally impossible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like that, Mackenzie? Germany, Spain, and Belgium plus 153. I feel like uh, Canada. Watch out for Canada. They're sneaky. All right. I th- that's the one I'd be worried about. So let, let's, just bet, hosers, let's just eh? bet Canada plus 550 then. Alfonso Davies, probably the best player on the pitch in that game. We'll trust your word for it. I do. I believe him. <laughs> I believe no one would argue, honestly. Ballon no d'Or. <laughs> <laughs> the golden baloney. Fun action in the NBA last night. The Sixers defeated the Nets 115-106. And Ben Simmons returned to Philadelphia. And he gave Philly fans a gift. Free nuggets by missing two free throws. Uh, I think that's a Chick-fil-A special, right, uh, McKenzie? There's like a thing with Philly games if a player misses Indeed, Giannis two came through, gave everybody yeah. in Philly, and Ben Simmons, <laughs> he much obliged. Uh, what'd you make of the performance by Simmons and the Nets there against the Sixers? Simmons had an up-and-down game. He had a lot of good, like he's done the last couple of weeks. He's ascending, his trend line is up. But one, one play kind of speaks, I think, to Ben Simmons' problem, and he faked an injury. George Niang hit him with a little elbow. <laughs> nothing. A nothing play. He fakes an injury. He goes down in a heap. They give him a flagrant foul after they review it. And then he missed one of the free throws. I feel like just <laughs> your rep-wise. Ball don't lie. Exactly. Exactly. And other other players aren't going to respect you with that kind of attitude, in my opinion. And I think the play uh, showed it. From a a different perspective here, though, knowing 
Ben Simmons' problems and his issues uh, with his mental state to play in an atmosphere like Philadelphia with obviously the crowd being hostile against him. Do you think it was a big moment for him that might, you know, push him forward to, you know, put, put the problems behind him? I, yes, there's some there's some validity to that. Three blocks, three steals in a, an environment like that. I don't know. I expect more. He's the number one pick in the draft, a guy that everyone thought was a 20, top 20 player except me uh, last few years. I think he's, to be a top 50 player, he's got to have a little more confidence in offensive game, especially on this team. They need it. They, don't, they only have two guys that have any confidence. He's got to be that third guy. McKenzie, I've got an NBA question for you as well. The Sacramento Kings keep showing up in the win column third place in the Western Conference right now if the playoffs started today. Wow. Are the Kings for real, or is this kind of a uh, it's a cute story and they'll end up missing the playoffs per usual? I think they're for real. I mean, look at the Celtics last year. They started off kind of eh, and then they were a great team down the stretch. What do the Kings and the Celtics have in common? By the way, the two number one, number one and number two rated teams over the past two weeks, net rating-wise in the NBA, they both had a new coach. Mike Brown working with the same talent that won 20, 25 games last year, should win 45 games. Just don't take my word for it. NBA 538, picking up on these algorithms, picking up on the trend line. Yesterday, the Kings were projected to win 36 games. They won one game as an underdog. Now they're projected to win 41 games. The what? math is saying, okay, we got to take notice because it's not that common for a team to have a 10-game stretch like this unless they're for real. It does certainly feels like they are. And we were also talking about five years ago, the Rockets, the Warriors, the Lakers, and the Spurs, all amongst the league's best, now all sitting at the bottom of the barrel <laughs> in the Western Conference. Bunch of scrubby teams. Would you have, if, could five years ago, McKenzie have predicted that that's where we'd be with those four franchises? No way. Greg Popovich is not going to go out like that. There's just no way in five years he's not going to have at least a playoff caliber team. No way. Well, oh, wait, wait, that's what happened. That's, what, <laughs> that's exactly what. There's no way James Harden will let the Rockets be. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> Well, tonight, McKenzie, the Kings back in action. They're six-point dogs in Atlanta against the Hawks. Can we bet against this Kings team? I don't think so. There's no way, right? I don't think so here. And R.J. Bell talks, the great one, R.J. Bell talks about this concept. When you have a team that's ascending, that's reaching a new place, a new tier of caliber, that's when fatigue matters the least. So the market's going to give them a two-point downgrade like they do every team for a back-to-back. I feel like this Young's King team just shrugs that off in the beginning of the year. I don't feel like fatigue is going to be a factor, so I would heavily lean to the plus six at Atlanta. They remind me a lot of the New Jersey Devils. A young team. Plucky. Would you, would you call them plucky, the Devils? Plucky? Like, what do you mean by plucky? Like, they weren't they weren't a top-tier team no. last year, and now they are. You know, they, they, yeah. they've ascended. They're precocious in they that way. They have absolutely ascended. They have defied expectations. They have won 13 straight games. They have the second-best record in the entire league. And, yeah, that, I guess that's the whole the RJ saying is the fatigue matters less, and you just keep riding this uh, the team in the hot streak. You keep riding the Sacramento Kings. You keep riding the New Jersey Devils. So, uh, interesting. Maybe that's the way to keep uh, playing uh, th- these teams like that. Um, Nets playing the second out of a back-to-back. They're up in Toronto, and the Raptors are laying two points. What do you like in that one? I like the Raptors in the over. At least I lean that way. Got to do a little bit more work in the game, but – the Nets showed no interest in defense last night against Philadelphia. Now they're flying across the border to Toronto. I feel like they might you know, get hot. Kyrie might have a hot shooting night, but I don't see anyone on Brooklyn playing defense in this one. Celtics had their nine-game winning streak snapped the other night. 
Do they get off to another winning streak tonight against the, the Dallas? The only way I would look, the Celtics, uh, since that coach-inspired revolution in January, yeah. when they've been the best team in the league net rating-wise since then last year, awful loss, just the way to go. They just always pick up the defense, awful loss, motivation-wise. Sick. Thanks, McKenzie. Thank you. Well, speaking of those Devils, as I mentioned, 13 straight wins on the ice, the second-best record in the entire NHL. They're home favorites against the Maple Leafs, laying 140 with a total of 6.5. These two teams played last week, and that was up in Toronto. The Devils won in overtime 3-2. Now, the Devils did have a lead. Toronto scored late in the third period to tie the game at 2, and then just a minute into overtime, uh, the Devils got the game winner. I've been waiting for a spot to pick against the Devils, AJ, and I did bet against them in that game in Toronto, and they won. I just don't know when this team is going to lose. I feel like tonight's the night. I don't know if I have it in me to bet Toronto. I'll dive deeper into the goaltending matchups, whether it's going to be Vitek Vanacek or Akira Schmid for the Devils in net. And for Toronto, they've been in pretty Decent form lately. You know, they lose that overtime game to the Devils. They lose a tough overtime game to the Islanders. Maybe this is where the Devil streak comes to a close. But again, it's just it's so hard betting against this team. They're 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 just incredible. Uh, the best team in the NHL is the Boston Bruins. 17 and 2 record. They're in Florida to take on the Panthers, and they are a slight underdog. The Panthers minus 115. This is a game where I actually might be against the Bruins. Even though, like I said, best record in all of hockey. The Panthers, by all advanced metrics, and this is really interesting. This is a lot of stuff that I do when I dive into my handicapping of hockey. All the advanced numbers measure up to show you how good the Florida Panthers are. In fact, they are, by all power ratings, based on advanced analytical stuff, the best team in hockey. Their record doesn't show it. They're nine, eight, and two. But this is a game where a nine, eight, and two team, as a slight favorite over a seventeen and two team, actually makes sense to me. Uh, Eileen Panthers in this matchup. But we have a fifteen-game slate on the ice tonight. Uh, it's going to be a heck of a night to watch some puck. Great. I said this yesterday morning. These these games in Maui, were, it, the, it was set up to be a great tournament. I mean, you brought seven great teams in Louisville. We knew it was going to be fun. <laughs> and Louisville. <laughs> Shots fired. And, and, listen, the, if, if Louisville shot them, they'd miss. I can tell you that much. <laughs> uh, I'll go ahead and get that one out of the way first. Texas Tech beat Louisville 70-38. to 38. Wow. 70-38. to 38. 13 first-half points for Louisville. They are a lost cause, dead, dead, dead team. The broadcast was like trying to make it sound good. It's like, well, they lost their first three games by one point each. And it's like, well, they they could easily be three and two right now, and it wouldn't be all, all wouldn't be lost. Except those three games were against Bellarmine, Wright State, and Appalachian State. So you lost to three scrub schools. And then you got blown out by Arkansas and Texas Tech. You stink. <laughs> they play Cincinnati today in the, we'll call it the seventh place game. Uh-huh. 
But I think Cincinnati's already got their name engraved in that seventh place trophy. I think it's already done. Uh, so no, no need to worry about those results. You can move on this game as if it's already been played. Uh, the game of the day, though, was between Creighton and Arkansas. Just a fantastic back-and-forth game. I said this game had two of the best point guards and Ryan Nimhart and Alex Black turned out to be absolutely true. Both guys played extremely well. 90-87, Creighton gets the win. They will face the Arizona Wildcats, who got an 87-70 win over San Diego State in the nightcap. So that means Arkansas will play San Diego State in the third-place game. And we've got a good matchup between Ohio State and Texas Tech in that uh, fifth-place game. Although Texas Tech coming off the bye against Louisville, we, who knows how they'll react after a day off where Louisville scored 38 points in a basketball game where the rims are so soft in Maui. <laughs> Every shot falls in Maui. Not for Louisville, friends. Not for – think about this. Creighton scored 40 points in the first half uh-huh. against Arkansas. Good Arkansas defense. Yes. Louisville scored 38 points in their entire game. Yeah, disgraceful. Disgrace. Disgrace. But Creighton, Arizona, one of the better games of the young season coming up tonight. And then we also start the battle for Atlantis. The bad boy mowers battle for Atlantis. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know they were marketing (laughs) that way. You know what we're going to have to play soon? Uh, My favorite game uh, of the year. Uh, We're going to call it uh, Bowl Game or Open. I'm going to give you the name of an event, and you got to tell me if it's a college football bowl game or a golf tournament. Okay. Actually, Actually, we'll go bowl game. 300 or open. That's what it is. You can't tease this game and not let us play. So it's, it's, it, the example would be, uh, I give you the, the name of an event. So I'd go the, the Va- Masters. No, I'd go the, Va- I'd go, <laughs> I so, no, no, no. I would say the Valero, Texas blank. Is the Valero, Texas, mm, is, it, one. is it the bowl game? Is it a bowl? Is it an open, a golf tournament? Or is it a 300, a NASCAR event? <laughs> oh, okay. It, this one by is happened. I happen to know this one. It's a Valero Texas Open. The Valero the Texas Open is a golf tournament. However, the Valero Alamo Bowl. Yes. Ah, oh, that could be tricky. That, that, that is a tricky. trick question. And then, of course, you can look at maybe there is a um, the NASCAR race that you know you can look at with. Texas and well in the in the battle for Atlantis 500 say it correctly uh, the bad boy Moe's battle for Atlantis <laughs> uh, Kansas leads off the day against North Carolina State the return of Bill Self to the sideline the Jayhawks eight and a half point favorites I tend to think they cover this is North Carolina State's first real test mm. uh, since the season started this is where Kansas playing Duke early in the season where it pays off yeah. to already have a game like that under your belt uh, Tennessee seven point favorites against Butler. BYU, I don't know why they match these two. The two teams that I hate the most in this tournament got matched up together in the first round. I don't know who to take here. USC and BYU. BYU two-point favorites. USC looks inept, uh, particularly in the front court. They look dread after having the Mobleys and all these like mm-hmm. all these this NBA talent for years in the front court. It's like they've they found homeless guys on Hollywood Boulevard and put them out there in USC Trojan uniforms. Terrible. And then the Dayton Flyers, two-point favorites against Wisconsin. So that is your bad boy mowers battle for Atlantis lineup. Well, that's A.J. Hoffman, who's up uh, double-digit units in college basketball this season. So if you want to jump on board. Sure. 
a college basketball package, you can do so at pregame.com where we have a couple of specials for you surrounding the Thanksgiving holiday. Here's what we're going to do. Thanksgiving's Thursday. So we're going to celebrate by giving away a $25 free best bet for everyone. If you go to pregame.com and you use the promo code GOBBLE, that's G-O-B-B-L-E, GOBBLE, you will get $25 off any package or subscription. But since most daily packages and best bets are $25 or less, guess what that means? Your $25 gets you a free best bet by using the promo code GOBBLE. Go to pregame.com, click on Buy Picks, add any package to your shopping cart, and then use that promo code GOBBLE to get your free $25. But that's not it. There's more? There's more. But wait, there's more. If you want to purchase any subscription seven days or longer, so you want to get a seven-day all-access package, you want to get a 30-day all-access package, you want to get a season-long subscription. Mackenzie Rivers got his NBA package. AJ's got college basketball. I got my NHL season package. We're going to give you $40 off any subscription seven days or greater Use the promo code gobble gobble in your checkout. How about that? So the promo easy code to remember. gobble is going to get you $25 off, basically a free best bet. And then if you want to get a package that's seven days or longer, again, seven-day all-access, 30-day all-access, season-long subscription package, use the promo code gobble gobble and take $40 off any subscription seven days or greater. Where'd you get a gobble sound? <laughs> I looked up turkey gobble on YouTube. <laughs> Industrious. That's good. There it is. There's your gobble. I just want to have that playing while Scott was trying to read the commercial. There you go. I'm up over 23 units at NHL this season. Big card coming up here on Wednesday night. Uncle Dave Esler's up over 47 units in the NFL. Uh, So there's a variety to choose from. Of course, Fezzik is just dominating everything uh, this year as well. So gobble gets you $25 best bet for free. Gobble, gobble. Going to get you $40 off any subscription seven days or greater. That's at pregame.com. For that turkey and A.J. Hoffman and Mackenzie Rivers, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We'll talk to you tomorrow as we preview Thanksgiving and all the college football action as well. We'll have uh, all the Thanksgiving NFL games covered. We'll hear from R.J. and Steve Fezzik as well coming up on tomorrow's show. We are straight out of Vegas AM.